Ross Show, another episode of the Adrian Ross Show. If this is your first time, you are in for a treat, okay? If you've been here multiple times, you are in for a treat. I am extremely excited to have a guest, as you can see. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see. If you are listening, trust me, <laughs> I have a guest right here with me. And uh, she is Apostle Dr. Lenise Reynolds. Apostle Dr. Lenise Reynolds. And uh, she is a woman of God, a woman of faith. And those of you who, who uh, pay attention to the Adrian Ross show, you know, we're no stranger to the topic of faith around here. We talk about God. We talk about faith. We talk about how we need the Lord in this nation and in this culture we're living in. And uh, Dr. Lenise is, uh, is a woman I'm I'm absolutely glad to have you here because you know what? We're going to pick her brain a little bit and we're going to allow her to tell her story. And I know what we want to talk about is so wide ranging. We're actually going to have her back to get even deeper. But today you get an opportunity to meet Dr. Lanise. I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. So Dr. Lanise, welcome to the Adrian Ross show. Wow. Well, listen, Adrian, I just think you're so amazing. I love you. You're bold. You're radical. You're like, you're like off the chain, Adrian. That's what I love about you. I love the topics you talk about and I love your energy. So I love what you're doing. I love your show. And I'm just very honored to be a part of your show. This is just so phenomenal. I'm just glad to finally be here with Adrian. And then <laughs> you have me back. I'm like, yes, I'm coming back. I'm coming yeah. back. So anyway. well, I'm honored. I'm honored that you're sitting in that seat right now. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, so tell I, us something about or things about yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I am, I'm from inner city, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm born and raised. And um, my mom and dad were just hard workers. My dad used to be a meat cutter, he meat cut for 20 plus years. My mom, she worked at H.J. Hines um, in the factory. So they were hardworking people. Um, they did really good back then. And I was the only child to my parents. So um, it's just me, my mom and dad. And unfortunately, my parents got on drugs. Okay. And so, you know, when the, in, when the 70s, whenever live free, act free, all that hit. So they're good working hard people, but they also got involved in drugs, you know. And so my dad sell, sold drugs, used drugs. My mom just, it just went on for so many years. And of course they didn't, they never married. They never got, you know, they didn't stay together for a long time, maybe about eight or seven years when I was about in first grade, there was a split. And so, you know, I just grew up um, in inner city Pittsburgh. And, um, but Adrian, one thing that was my advantage is my height. I'm almost six foot tall yeah. because my cousins and I'm like, what's wrong with you, girl? You shrinking, you know? And I'm like, Hey, I'm getting that old. Cause you know, they say you get old, you get a little bit more shorter. Oh, so. yeah. I did get shorter though, like about an inch and a half. I was like, I ain't supposed to be getting this short this quick, Adrian. But anyway. no, you're not. <laughs> but anyway, um, I got involved in sports. And so sports, I started playing basketball. Of course, I love track and field. I actually thought I was better at track and field, but basketball is what got me the scholarship. So that's the way I stayed. I stayed with the with basketball. We have that in common. Oh, you know, because I was the ball that I coached high school varsity. Yeah. Yes, well, Adrian, yes. I didn't know that. We got to talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I um I enjoy I enjoy basketball and um I worked. I was like my parents, I picked up the working concept. So what I did when I was in high school, I worked to stay out of trouble because oh. a lot of my friends were getting involved in like messing around with the wrong dudes. 
Um, you know, I had my share too, you know what I mean? And um, just getting involved in a lot of things. But my excuse was if I stay working, I could keep away from all the distractions. So yes. I played sports. Um, I was in a co-op co-op pro, um, program in business. And so what happened is after lunch, they would allow me to go work in a federal building. So I worked in a federal uh, federal building down the EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And so I worked there. And so I would, my day was so full, Adrian, I always, I always worked so hard, you know, even in high school. So this is crazy. This was my schedule. And I did this to keep out of trouble. So I go to school. Now, this is my, this is my junior, senior year. All right. Cause co-op started junior year. So I would go to school and then they would, uh, my classes would be condensed. And after lunch, that's when I was released to go to the co-op program. So I would go down to the co-op program and I would catch this thing called the EBA. It's still there. It's like a quick, fast train station, but it's a bus. It's just, it just gets you downtown. And I, I got off the bus. The federal building would be right there. So from 12 to 2, I worked at the um, federal building. It's amazing I remember this because I don't know how I remember this. From 12 to 2, I worked at the federal building. And from there, I had to be at basketball practice by 2.45. So I would hurry up. And I would get there quick, but the problem is the EBA to my high school was about a mile. So mm. my coach said, you know what, Lenise, what you do is when you get off that bus, just start jogging. That way you got your warm up because that's when we'll be warming up. So that was my little warm up. I would get off the EBA and I would jog a mile to my school. And then by the time I got there, they was just getting into about three o'clock. They were like getting going because I had to change, get ready. And so I would practice from three to 445. Then I would hop another bus. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had to work and I worked at produce. I worked at a little grocery store. In wow. the produce. And so I did that from, I would work from 5.30 to 9.30. And then I, when my mom would meet me at, at the bus station and then like 10 o'clock, I would be home and she would walk me home. So that's what I did. And so I did that um, my junior and senior year. I, I worked two jobs. I played sports and my, my, both jobs, they worked with my flexibility with my basketball team. We were really, really good. We won some championships and all that. So, so I did all that coming up to keep me out of trouble, Adrian. I feel like you got a question for me. Come on, give me one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm listening to you talk about all about the basketball. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm a huge basketball person. Uh, you know, I played, I, Point guard, number 24, right? Wow. Queens, New York, you know? Yeah. And, then, uh, and then when I was teaching in upstate New York, I, I taught, uh, like I said, I, I coached girls varsity basketball and we won a couple conference championships. We weren't that good when I was, when I was in high school. I, I know what it means to lose, you know? So I envy you for all the success that you have, that you have there. But I know there's something in your story um, about uh, Tennessee State University. Actually, I got my doctorate from Tennessee St uh, State University, um, but I, I worked at Tennessee Tech University, and I love my university. I still actually teach some classes there part-time. I, I was full-time there, a full-time associate professor, just a, a year or so away from full-term um, professor, but my dad took ill. He had a massive stroke, so I came back home to take care of my father, and uh, my job was really gracious. They worked with me for a year, but I began to make Cleveland, Ohio my home, and um, and then the rest goes on. My, I met my husband, and I just said, oh, Lord, I ain't going back. It's, when, you, when you look at him, Adrian, you'll be like, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here with you. <laughs> and I know the brother can sing. I know oh, that I heard him sing, so 
So that's another thing right there. Yes. I want to, I want to talk to you. I didn't intend to talk about this, but I, but I want to touch on something you just said relating to your husband. But first I mentioned Tennessee state because I was accepted to Tennessee state university and I didn't go. I opted to stay stay in New York, but I, um, yeah, I could have been Isn't that interesting. But I want you, you said you, you, you met your husband. I, I have done a couple episodes where I talked to single women and yes. single, single men. It was interesting okay. talking to the single men because, and a lot of people were tuned into that because you don't often hear from the guys, you know, right. women talk to other women. Well, exactly. for me to be the only woman sitting there talking to these guys and hearing them talk about wow. singleness and singleness as Christian men, et cetera. But I am single, I'm 52. Right now, you were married later in life as well, right? And you yeah. talked about your fine husband, you know. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Because you you were single for a good while. Let me tell you something, Adrian. Me and my best friend, we laugh at each other. We said we got a PhD in singleness, child. Because <laughs> I mean, we were single for a long time. Come on, somebody. Yeah, my friend, really, she just recently met a guy that I believe they're gonna work, they're gonna work out. And I'm I'm so excited. She's 52 years old. Um, Adrian, so be encouraged. And listen, this is no secret for her because she's 52 years old and she's a virgin. We wrote we wrote two books to help singles. Uh, one of them's called Shelf Life, um, How to Cope with Prolonged Singleness. And the other one's called Sex on a Shelf, How to Sanctify wow. and Keep Your Sex on the Shelf Until It's Time to Get Married. So I'm glad you asked that because that is one of my areas that people constantly ask me about. Listen, you know, I was 46 years old, Adrian, when I got married. I didn't have any kids. You know, when I got saved, and I was about 24 years old. I was saved as a little girl, but I'm talking about got real saved. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm talking about real saved. Yeah, right. I was in college and where I wasn't, I was half saved, you know what right. I mean? But once, <laughs> hey, you know how it is in college, you play sports, you got football players, you got basketball players, you just like, Lord, oh, yeah. help me somebody. Somebody shout glory. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, what ends up happening is once I really got serious about my walk with God, Adrian, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to keep myself. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be having sex outside of marriage no more. You know, I was not a virgin like my best friend. And so I decided I'm going to purify myself. And I did made a, a commitment that I am going to just wait till my husband come. And that's what I did. And so um, I ran into a lot of opposition though, Adrian, unfortunately, because men were mad because I wouldn't have sex with them. And this is the thing that would come up for those that are watching. They would say, I know you're a Christian girl, but they would make comments like y'all the worst, y'all the worst ones. Y'all the ones that's going, going, you know, do give me what I want. Usually you do all that Christianese stuff. And so I ran into a lot of guys who were just like, I can't believe this girl is really not going to do nothing with me. And so I, it was, I mean, to the point where it was a turnoff to them, which bothered me because most of these guys, unfortunately, were Christian men. And I was like, this ain't right, guys. What's up with y'all? Ain't nothing wrong with me. What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? And so, um, but you know, it's not to judge because I'm not here to judge the men that's watching. God bless y'all. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> I am saying is that, yeah, but I, I just got serious about keeping myself and I wanted to be able to offer my husband you know to say hey babe I ain't no virgin but I've been virgin last for 20 plus years you know what I mean so yes. so yeah. um so the beauty of waiting is so important 
And um, I remember running into a girl from back home when I grew up with, because she knew that when I was growing up, I had my boyfriends and all that, you know. And um, she said, looked at me, she said, Lenise, you're not married? And I said, no, I'm not married. She said, wow. And um, she has like six kids all in wedlock on fire for God now. And she said, I just wish, she said, I love my children. She said, but I wish I would have waited so I can win like you did. She said, wow. you know, I know you by yourself. She said, but keep waiting, girl. And I mean, it was such an encouragement from a friend who's the same age as me, who got six kids, who's on fire for God now. And I just saw her struggle. You know what I mean? You could see the struggle in her eyes. And I just was like, Lord. So, you know, I encouraged her, ministered to her. But I just, I'm, I know there's people that's watching. And I just want to tell you, listen, even if you may have, um, didn't have a good start, maybe you you might say, well, I was just with this guy last night. You got to have a fresh start, man. Right. You can start all over again. You know what I mean? So just get oh, right yeah, and just wait and do things right. But I could talk all day. You could ask me what you want to ask me about you know that. What? that. That's some good stuff. And you know what? That's an unexpected blessing because I didn't expect to go that route. But oh. you, you touched on some things that I, because I've talked about singleness many times on this, on this show. Yeah. And, um, and the, the things that you're saying don't get said a lot. And I think in, they need to be said. You need people to be real and they need people to give the encouragement that you just gave and to tell a little bit of their story. And uh, especially within the church, I don't hear a lot of that. Right, right. And yeah. so you, you just brought an unexpected, unexpected uh, blessing. How did you meet your husband? Well, first of all, this is what's real, real unique. My spiritual parents, so you know, I got three sets of spiritual parents. So when I got married, I had my, my current spiritual father, the church I go to. And then um, my spiritual parents have really trained me in a prophetic and took me in over 22 years ago. Um, my husband was going to their church and they will often have me come down there and minister. And so I went down there to minister and lo and behold, my, you know, my friend at the time, cause I didn't know him, you know, he's in the audience and I mean, I'm, I'm scanning, you know, as I'm ministering, I just see this man just kind of sitting there, but I'm just, you know, I'm just teaching. <laughs> yeah. I'm just teaching and I'm not, I'm not there looking at nobody, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to stay focused. But um, the thing that's really interesting about my husband, um, we were friends at the time and I was teaching on a subject called the Meshach and the Meshach is a Hebrew word that means to rub on. And I was talking about how we can Meshach off of our spiritual parents. We can Meshach on our, in, in our career. Just, I just went in so many different directions and I just biblically, I just was having a ball teaching it. So afterwards he came up to me and he was innocent. He wasn't trying to flirt with me. He, he, I don't think he really, I don't know if he was attracted to me or not, but he came up to me, said, Dr. Lenise, he said, can you just bump me? Can 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 you shock me? Can I rub off of you and, and prophesy like the way you do? And I said, sure, brother. So I took my shoulder and I said, boom, and I bumped him. And he said, he lifted his hand, he said, praise the Lord, you know, and like that. And that was that, but we just became friends. And so this is a very, let me tell you our story really quick. Um, the thing that was unique in what, right before my dad passed in 2019, um, he passed August of 2019, my my husband, who was my friend then, let me back up. The beginning of that year, my my other spiritual father, because you know, we get we share another spiritual dad, all right, Apostle Valatrice. That's our daddy and you know, Mama Sherry Trees now. Okay. All right, but um at the beginning of that year, Apostle Emery Collier, he came down and helped me move. And he said, Lenise, I'm gonna bring one of the men from the church 
um, to help to help me move. And I had I remember who he was talking about because I had ministered at their church a couple times. So he bought my husband. You know, my husband's name's Chris. So they came and they helped me move. You know, and I'm be honest with you. I was looking at him like, what in the world? This man, I'm telling you, I got this one couch, Adrian. You can't see me. It's, it's behind her. I want to mess up the, the broadcast, but it is so stern and so heavy. And I just saw my husband just take that thing like this, just pick it all. I was like, whoa, come on, somebody. And yeah. so he was moving stuff like it was nothing. And um, he was just a, a blessing. Um, they just helped me get moved and everything. And that was it. We were just laughing, joking, having a good time. Um, you know, my spiritual father was there. He was there. We just had a good time. And that was it. And then um, maybe a few times he would call me, just randomly would call me. And um, I used to do this, uh, be on this platform called Periscope. So I would get on, prophesy, encourage people. And he would jump on sometimes too, you know. So I noticed that he was kind of following me and not, you know, through Periscope. And that's it. But that was from January to about, uh, maybe about um, July and July he called me because he heard my dad was getting very ill and he mm -hmm. said I want to pray with you Lenise just call me out of nowhere and he me and he and I we prayed and he encouraged me and next thing I know he was singing and I'm not a singer I was singing we just connected we started singing a song of the Lord and we was praying in the spirit together. And I was so lifted when I got off the phone with him. I was like, whoa, this brother right here. This is what I'm talking about. Come on, somebody. And yeah. so I got off the phone with him. But, you know, at the time, he looked at me kind of like his like his sister. The whole church looked at me like, here comes big sis. She's coming down, you know, to encourage us. And so that's all it was. But I was like, wow, this man's going to make a really good husband. You know, and that was that. That's how that went. But my unfortunately, about three weeks later, my dad passed. and um. My husband, I, well, he wasn't my husband then, but he called and he said, I heard about your dad. I'm coming down. I'm coming down with um, Apostle Emery. We're going to come to the funeral. I said, sure. And unfortunately, uh, one of my, my aunt's husband passed to like one day after my dad and all our family is scattered from all over the place, you know? And so we decided to do a double funeral. We just rented out the whole um the whole funeral home because there was like one side, my dad and another side. So we did a joint we did a joint, a double uh, funeral and it just messed up with the schedule. So my husband couldn't come then because he was taken off. He thought it was going to be the weekend, but we pushed it up and it was like on a Wednesday. So to make a long story short, um, he said, well, listen, Lenise, I can't come now since you guys pushed it up because he was scheduled to come for that weekend. But I had to call him and tell him, I had to call a lot of people and tell him we changed it. He said, um, how about this? He said, I know things are going to you know, right now you're going through a lot. When things settle down, he said, how about I just come up and visit you? He said, he said, maybe in a few months, I'll wait till things settle down for you. I said, that'll be great. He said, I'll just come up. I'll get a ticket. I'll get a room and I'll just hang out with you. I'm sure you'll use, need some encouragement. I said, that's great. Well, that my, after my dad passed about a week and a half went past and I remember my phone just dinged and I looked and I saw a flight from Delta and he was coming. And I was like, wait a minute. Because he told me, he said, how flexible are you open? Do you have anything coming? I said, I don't have anything coming up for another couple of months. I'm just going to be here, you know, just getting the healing I need. And just my life was changing because I was a caregiver now for almost two years. So that's all I did. You know, I put everything else on hold. So like I said, a week and a half went past and he came. He came down that weekend. It was his birthday weekend. We had a ball. We went to Cedar Point, which is equivalent to Six Flags. 
And uh, we went there. One of my friends got married. We went to her wedding. Um, my apostle had a leadership training. He went to leadership training. He wanted to go be at church all day because he loved my apostle and he had been studying him. He knew him before I knew him. He had found him on social media and was watching him. So from there, we just became really good friends. And I knew there was a liking, there was a connection there. You know, when he left, we were kind of like, we kind of like knew something was up with each other. You know what I mean, it just was so clean, so pure and um, just so honorable. We just had a great time together. And, and then what happened before he got ready to go, he said, Hey, Lenise, he said, what are you doing next weekend? He said, one of my friends um, and his wife said, we want, we have tickets to the Florida Gator and Miami game. They said, but you can't come. They told him you can't come out unless you bring a date. Oh, he wow. Said, yeah. <laughs> He says, so um, would you be interested in coming? And I'm sitting there, Adrian, like, I wanted to say, anyway, <laughs> I said, well, well, let me tell you what's real unique. And Adrian, you know, because you're, 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 you're John Maxwell uh, trainer coach as well. John Maxwell, you probably at that conference and I didn't even know them. But John <laughs> Maxwell was having his big conference in Orlando. This was in 2019. Did you go to that one in Orlando? I, not, I, I think I went to 2018. Okay, okay. okay. Sense, yeah. Okay, so 2019, he was having it in Orlando. So I was already scheduled to be in Orlando and that's where the game was at. He said, well, this weekend, where are you going to be? I said, I'm going to be in Orlando. He said, well, the game's in Orlando. I said, okay. He said, what time's the conference going to be? I said, I'm looking at the schedule. According to what I see Saturday, everything ends at four. He said, perfect, the game is at seven. He said, I'll meet you in Orlando. Wow. So when I'm in Orlando and I think at that game, it's just like, we just connected, you know what I mean? We just, it was yeah. like, man, this, this guy, you know, he's, he's played for the university of Florida. He's an athletic man, you know, sports. We got so much in common, the prophetic, we love God, his yeah. spiritual, you know, his church he was going to was my spiritual parents. I mean, at which my spiritual mom is his cousin. And I didn't know that. And I didn't know all that at the time. So like, all this stuff was connecting. Yes. And um, so that's how we met. And from there, Adrian, it was just like, it was on, you know, the, the kids say on and popping. It was yes. just on and popping. So from there, um, he just knew, he just knew. And I knew too, but I was waiting. Women, just let the man, don't you go trying to make hints and trying to tell him what you right. know. Just chill out and wait. And I waited and yeah. um, came and pursued me. And look what the Lord has done. And, and something you said really jumps out at me because you talked about how when, when he called and you're on the phone and you're praying together, and that is so key. And it reminds me, I, I watched you, I watched a replay of a live you were doing. You were um, talking about sisters with Apostle Darlene Turner. Do I have yeah. her? I don't know her, but I, I was, I was, I was, yeah. in, I was listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said something that jumps, that jumps out at me. She talked about the, the about, Mate about you know connecting and linking a uh, man and woman and she said that a man uh, who doesn't have principles cannot command principalities and that wasn't did not mess oh, you talk up. about that a little bit talk about that you know it came from her because i was sitting there like but i what i think she was trying to say first of all women of god who are listening okay you want a man with principles 
And that what type of principles based on the word of God, you know what I mean? Standards, understand how to respect God. If he knows how to treat God and how to honor God in his life and his body and his mind, he'll know how to honor and respect and treat you good. And so I believe what Apostle Darlin was saying, what I got my interpretation of it is that the principles of God, the wisdom of God, Amanda has the wisdom of God, the insight of God, the revelation of knowing how much God loves him. Those principles, the core foundation of who he is, is based on the principles of the word of God. And from there, listen, I believe it has to do with a praying brother. You know what I mean? Because when you have authority, Amanda stands in his authority. Amanda has principles. When she talked about the principalities, that means he understands. I think it's Jeremiah 1 and 10. It says, you know, um, I've set the... Um, um, in front of you today to be able to root out, to pull down, to throw down, to build and to plant like a man that knows that stands in his authority that can pray, that can pray you through when you're going through a tough time. So somebody that can have authority, you know, someone who can stand in his authority is a man. Like when I'm going through a tough season, because I'm a prayer warrior and my husband, he'll say, baby, don't even, I got this, just chill out, just receive. And he'll just be like, God, he'd be going in. And I'm. it's nice, Adrian. It's just, all these years yeah. I waited, I just be like, brother, you ain't got to worry about me. I just be sitting there receiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I believe yeah. what she meant is the man that has principles based on the word of God, a praying man, a man don't mind fasting for you. A man that if you're going through a sickness or ailment, he'll like lift your hands. You know, he can lay hands on you and get you healed. Like a man that has some authority that can take authority over any principality that may be operating in your life. You know, a principality, if it's sadness, if you're having a tough day, you know, my husband not to come in, like, baby, what's wrong sometimes i just say babe i just need a hug you see what i'm saying and sometimes it's just a hug and i feel better but a man that can speak into your life and encourage you like right now adrian i feel so i don't i can't explain it to you but i feel more even more confident in my call because i got a man that's supportive who pushes me forward even days when i'm like babe i don't want to do this i want to do that you're like baby keep going just keep going so that's what I believe she meant because it came from her mouth, but I love it. I'm a true oh, yeah. myself. Yes, Principal, that's absolutely powerful. I was like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> you said, you said that'll preach. <laughs> yeah, did I say that? I said, ooh, yes. that'll preach right there. That's right. Ooh. Let's let's go back a little bit because I know you talked about how when you were in college, you were sort of half saved. When did you get, and obviously God, you know, guys who are watching and listening, the Lord really uses Dr. Lanise, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that more the next time, but we're going to talk a little bit about the prophetic anointing today, even that's, yeah. that's on her life. But how did you get from, you know, half safe to, <laughs> to really diving in and then embracing what was obviously a call of God on your life all along? Man, let me tell you, only thing I could tell you, even though my mom and dad, they were on drugs, they did dope, different things. They put me in a Christian school. Mm. I went to a Christian school and I used to have my favorite teacher, Miss Miller. I still talk to her to this day. Matter of fact, you got me thinking about I'm going to call her tomorrow. <laughs> okay. And yes. I would, I remember there was this line every morning and I was standing in this line. And back then, you know, they can't, we can't do none of this. All right. I don't even recommend none of this now, but Miss Miller would grab me and it was a bunch of little kids. And I was, you know, I was a, I was, a, um, you know, African-American young, young girl. And I went to this school and it was predominantly white. There probably was like five African-American um, kids. I was one of the five out of 200, but I was, it's just like me and like four, four of the African-American kids. I don't know why it was like that. We will all be in the line. 
and she would just grab us by our face and she was speaking to our life. And she kept grabbing me by my face every day. And I kept standing there. I didn't know what was going on. I would just be standing there like this, you know, and just, she said, Lenise, those big, pretty eyes. And I'm my eyes be big looking up to her. And she would, every day she would grab my cheek and she'd go, Lenise, one day you're going to do something so amazing, so big. And she would tell me that every day and she would kiss me on my lips and she would hug me. And I would just, cause see, I'm, I was dealing with my mom on, on drugs, my dad, not around my grandma was taking care of me. She had cancer. I'm taking care of my grandma. I'm giving her insulin shots. I'm trying to learn and study my own work. I'm trying to do my own homework. I had so much and she knew that her and another teacher would make a trip to my house to check on me and my grandma once a month. So I got that in my psyche that one day I'm going to do something big. Couldn't nobody tell me that I kept getting that. I stood in line all the way up to seventh grade. I didn't care. And I was taller than her by that time. But she would grab me by my face. She's like, look at you, Lenise. You're nice and big now. But let me tell you. And she just kept telling me that. And I got it in my psyche. I was like, oh, one day I'm going to do. So here's what I'm trying to say. is I had that was a part of my DNA. I didn't get it from my mom. I didn't get it from my dad. My, my mom, though, my mom spoke into my life. And my dad, he just, you know, when they were in their right mind, I loved them. They always believed in me. I, no problems with that. When they weren't in their right, right mind, that's when I had, a, I went through a whole lot of things. Okay. But the thing is, is that I had that build in my psyche. And in college, when I was Every time I was wanting to do something wrong, it's like I could hear Miss Miller. I thought about Miss Thomas that lived across the street that would sit there and pray for pray for me and taught me how to crochet. It was like three little girls we'd go over. She'd teach us how to crochet. She taught us how to take care of our body, how to keep our nails clean and how to keep our hair comb. I thought of, I would see all their faces when I would be doing something I don't have no business doing. Because at that time, my relationship with God wasn't real solid, but my relationship with them was solid. You know what I mean? And so I, I just always felt convicted. But then I would go back to the principles, the things I learned from the Bible from a little girl, you know what I mean, from that Christian school. And I just I always felt convicted. And I remember one night I was hanging out with this little guy, got in late, and a dormitory lady, her name is Miss Sessoms, she'd always see me come in and she would just look at me and I could tell she was praying for me. And she said, Lenise, I want to invite you to church. She kept inviting me to church the whole year. She asked me every time. She probably asked me, I'm not exaggerating, well over 50 to 60 times. And I'd be like, I'm okay, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come, I'll get back with you. But I just kept blowing her off because I felt too convicted because I know I wasn't living right. But to make a long story short, I finally one time decided I'm going to go to church because my heart got broke. I was dating a guy, he broke my heart. You know how we do, ladies and gentlemen, our heart get broke, then we want to go run to the church. So I went to the church and God started dealing with me. And I just went all in. Then my college basketball coach, he took our whole team to the church. And I just fell in love with my first pastor, really my second pastor, Dr. Bishop Barbara Amos. She was strong in the word, a female um, a pastor that had all these men following her. I just, I never saw nothing like it, Adrian. The brothers loved her just as much as the women. She had 40% men and then 60% women. They did the math. It was amazing. You know what I mean? And so I just love, like, I learned a lot from her watching her. I said, wow. And I knew I was called to preach as a little girl. I would go in the mirror 
And I would be, there's this mirror in my grandma's house, Adrian. And I would be up there and I would be quoting scriptures. And I'm like, God said, and I was imitating my old Baptist pastor. And I would imitate my grandma be like in there. She got, I hear you in there. And I'm like, mm. and then I, sometimes I would switch. I would go into comedian mode. So one time I'd be a pastor because I wanted to be a pastor and preacher. Then I wanted to be a comedian. So I'd be up there joking. I was, I could imitate anybody, Adrian. I'm, everybody knows. We got a lot in common, man. I'm telling yeah i'll be imitating my family come around and then the next minute i'll be dancing i used to dance get my dance on and so i just had this mirror and i would look in that mirror and every, when i was a little girl when i was going through and so i was always marketing i was a seer like i would i found myself encouraging people and as it relates to the prophetic bishop amos church when i was there I, I knew I had a prophetic call on my life. I just didn't really know what it was. All I could know is I would look at people. The Lord would give me something to encourage them with. I'm like, hey, have you thought about going back to school? They're like, Lenise, how do you know that? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like you need to consider going. I didn't know even what it was. I know what the prophetic really was. That church was, they they, they know believed in the prophetic, but they were a strong word-based church. And so I went to Bishop. No, actually, yeah, I went, yeah, I went to Bishop. I said, Bishop, I have a call of God on my life. Because a bunch of us young people went to her, told her, and they got into seminary school. And she looked at me. She said, okay, Lenise, go clean the toilets. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I went in them toilets. I was cleaning them. And then after about three months, I went back to her. I said, Bishop, I said, I have a car. She said, okay, go park some cars. So I went out and I would park cars and I'd go clean the toilets and I would go to church and then I'd go back and clean the bathrooms in between. And I became known as a tall lady that will encourage you when you go to the bathroom. So All right, now. Would come into the bathroom and people was coming in the bathroom. They wasn't even going to the bathroom. They were just coming in there. So I was prophesying to them. I didn't even know what I was doing. Wow. And I, I mean, I wasn't being deep and spooky. I was just like, girl, well, let me encourage you. Like, Lenise encouraged me. I'm like, look, the Lord told me, or I'll be like, listen, you need to consider this or this and that. So I was prophesying, didn't know. Then this man pulled me to the side in church one day. He said, you a prophet. And I was like, I said, what's that? I said, I know it's in the Bible and stuff. He said, yeah. He said, God showed me you are a prophetess. You are a prophet. And I said, all right. So I started studying out. Interesting enough, basketball. Because see, look, basketball helped me get my life turned around. Remember Miss Sessoms? Interesting enough, my, my, my basketball coach, Coach Sweat at Norfolk State, he took the whole team there. That's how I started going to that church under Bishop Amos. From there, I got a job at Florida A&M coaching basketball as a grad assistant. And I remember going to um, my my pastor and I said, I'm going, I got a job. I, I believe it's the Lord. I need to take it. This is a dream come true for me. She said, I got a perfect church for you. She said, their names is Apostles Kenneth and Helena Barrington. Go check them out. They're very strong. Your gift, Lenise, will fit perfectly there. The rest is history. Everything connects the dots. I walked in that church. Emory Collier, my, my spiritual father, he prophesied as soon as I walked in and gave me one of the strongest words I ever received. I was like, whoa. And I saw probably 90% of the things come, come to pass. And then he introduced me to his wife. Me and his wife became my spiritual mom. We just became good friends. And they started training me in the, the prophetic. 
So I start, they start taking me down to Christian International, down to CI, where Bill Hammond's church is. We went and I studied. They bought all the John Eckhart's books. I was studying. Then Apostle Collier, I'll be out in the community. He's like, come on, Lenise, let's go. He's like, go prophesy. Because by this time I became trained. So I would go, we would go up on campus. I would be prophesying to people. I'd be in a grocery store. He'd be like, go grab that lady, go encourage her. No, but we would do it wisely, not just spooky, you know, like, and it was just like, so I kept everywhere I went, I would just prophesy, you know what I mean? And so it became who I, who I was, what I enjoyed doing. And so it's just amazing how the dots connected because from that church, of course, I, I played, I coached college basketball several places and I moved around, but then I ran, I ran into dad, dad trees and mom trees when yes. I coached at University of Tennessee Martin, that's how I met them and Jackson, Tennessee, and they were always, they would let me minister as much as I wanted to at the church. It was just, I just loved them. They were such a blessing to me and took me in with, with their family, Haley and Heather. I'm, I'm, I'm called the middle daughter. And um, so it's just like, I just became family. But everywhere I've been, Adrienne, um, I've, I've been allowed to flow. There's been a couple places that I was misunderstood. That comes along with the prophetic, you know what I mean? But some things I didn't know that I know now that I learned, you know, that I didn't understand about the prophetic, but the more I got trained and even the church I go to now, my apostle, chief apostle Joseph Prude, when I came there, he said, Lenise, I heard that you, you know, you come skill and train the prophetic. He even offered for me to teach one of his level one uh, school of the prophets. He's been teaching it 30 years at his, uh, at his uh, prophetic institute. And I said, no, I don't want to. He was looking at me like, mom, my flesh wanted to Adrian, but the Lord told me not to do it. Because when you go into a new environment, you want to learn the climate and the culture. Remember, my dad passed, so I moved back up this way. And yeah. so I didn't do anything. But let me tell you what happened. Instead of me teaching the class, I took the class. I oh. took the three years training. I took the Bible 101. And the way I was prophesying, I'm not trying to say I'm the prophet of the nation. I ain't saying that, okay? Y'all, I know there's always somebody can out-prophesy. I know some people can straight out, up, out prophesy i'll be like how where you get that from that's off the chain you know can that the one guy this one guy's coming to my conference this dude told somebody their vin number he'd be sitting there like out he tell them what their phone number is like i'm like how what in the world i ain't got to that yet you know i sometimes i step into it you know but not not quite there yet and it was just amazing i i once i knew you know i, I knew how to flow but because i submitted my gift and i just I took my time. I didn't come in there trying the big head. I know what I'm doing. I trained in the prophetic. I've been doing this for years. I set myself, my little self down and I learned. And I'm telling you, Adrian, I've learned so much about the prophetic. I've grew in the prophetic. I'm prophesying on a level I never was able to prophesy before. So for people that's watching, especially yes. some of your young prophets, I want to tell you, submit your gift guys. All right. Don't be an opportunist. Don't think you know more than your spiritual covering wait your turn. Okay. Understand honor a prophet that doesn't honor. That's a shipwreck waiting to happen. Understand honor, wait your time. You know, um, you want that endorsement, you know, even Samuel, even when you look at Saul in the Bible, when, when he was coming, they said, who's his father. They were able to make a, a connection. See back in ancient times, spiritual lineage was real important you couldn't just go into a, a camp and just start prophesying they had to trace and say who's your father lineage so i want to encourage those young prophets that are watching and there's some old ones too guys make sure that you stay connected when i tell people where i'm connected from some people don't know some people do they're like okay yeah i know she's been trained because listen i'm anointed but i'm more trained than i am anointed 
Trust me when I tell you, I don't always feel anointed, Adrian. There's some days I don't feel all that anointed. I don't feel all that anointed right now because I'm laughing, having a ball. You see what I'm saying? But your training, training is so important. Studying in the word, spending time with the Lord. If you prophetic, I'm encouraging the prophetic people that's watching you. If you're a prophet, you need to have a prayer life. All right, if you're a prophet without a prayer life, I, I question you, okay? I'm not saying you ain't prophetic, but you need to have the grace on your life to pray. You need to master your morning. Spend time in the morning. Sometimes I get up and the Lord will say, Lenise, I need you to just pray in tongues and then get quiet. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna set your day. Some days I get up, he say, today, I need you to write, daughter. I've written many a books in my personal prayer time, Adrian. That's where I write my books at. You know what I mean? Then there's some days he'll say, I need you to charge angels. And I'll start praying. If I'm dealing with a situation, I'll start charging angels. Then the Lord say, some days I want you just to begin to decree. I need you to decree a thing. So I'll be, you know, the scripture says when a king makes a decree, I think it's Job 22, 28. All right. So I'll just decree. I'll start decreeing. You know, I decree that I'm the head and not the tail. I decree I'm above only and not beneath. I decree, you know, and I'll just decree. I'll decree my husband shall do great exploit, great, great signs, great wonders, you know, and I make decrees. And then there's sometimes, Adrian, where I got situations that's so arduous that I just like, God, it's like a wordless vocabulary. I can't even pray what I'm about to say. And so I go into what the scripture talks about the ministry of the groan. I'll share some of that next time. And I'll go into groanings. You know, the scripture talk about groanings that can't be uttered. I'll go into groanings and I'll begin to groan. And, and, and it's just like God just begins to do some things. So I try to just, a prophet that doesn't pray, you don't have a prayer life. Guys, listen, make sure you got a prayer life. Submit your gift. Make sure you stay connected to your spiritual covering, whether male or female, okay? Stay connected to them, your local church. Submit your gift, okay? And don't think you have the big shot. Don't go in there. Don't be weird and spooky. Like you got to have these prophetic special clothes on and all this other stuff. Don't do all that stuff, guys, all right? That's spooky. That's messed up the prophetic. That's why a lot of people don't want nothing to do with it because a lot of people don't, and they're not trained, Adrian, and they mess the prophetic up for people like me who's coming in, who come trained, and they, their people just be looking at me like, you know, so anyway, I'll die on somebody. Well, you know, that's, that is so good. And I know that there are probably people who are listening and they're like, man, that, that, that does sound like, is that some ES, you know, what do they call that? ESP? Is that some ESP thing? What, what's that? That, that prophetic in, in we're not, we're, not, we're talking about hearing from the Lord. There are some people who don't, because they have not been in the environment. They haven't yeah. been taught. Yeah. They don't believe some know that there were prophets, but right. they don't believe that there are still prophets or there right. were apostles and they don't know that there are still apostles. And then some just think the whole thing's spooky, you know? Mm-hmm. So how, how do you, how do you say that this is not some ESP reading of yeah. Yeah. the tea leaves kind of thing? Man, let me tell you something. First of all, the psychic community has really tried to mess up. See, what happens is the things of God, when we don't type into tap into them, body of Christ, for those of you watching, you know what happens? The world gets them. That's why new age and all that, that stuff was, listen, meditation is in the Bible. That was for us, the believers. The Bible talks about, I meditate on the book, this book of the law day and night. Then I become successful. There's so many scriptures, there's over 50 something scriptures on meditation. But when we won't take that word, that word meditate, I as a matter of fact, it means it means to mutter. All right. It means to, you know, it means to uh, meditate. It means to think upon. It means to ponder. So what happens is the world, they'll take it and twist it for them when we don't tap into it. A lot of what you see, Adrian, is in the Bible. It was for us. 
But when we don't tap into it, so the prophetic was happening is we got a lot of psychics. We got a lot of weird people out here that's taking the prophetic and they making money off it. They prophets of Baal. They doing, they, they pervert the prophetic. And it wasn't supposed, it was for us, the believers, the church, to go out to the world, to be able to draw people so we could be prophetic evangelists, that we can go out and prophesy. When a soul, I have won so many souls out in the community by giving them a word, just yeah. prophesying. When there's, when you give them a prophetic word, they're like, how do you know that? And then I say, repeat after me, or you say, they're like, no, I'm baptized. I said, no, nah, you just got a little sprinkle of water. That ain't nothing. Pre I said, let me, let me repeat after me the sinner's prayer. You see what I'm saying? So what yeah. I want to say is this, to answer your question. You have Pete, the prophetic is all in scripture. All right. First Corinthians uh, 14 verses uh, three. It talks about the all prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. I stay in those zones. All right. Now there's some people that have a real strong grace on their life to prophesy. You know, there's some prophetic uh, people that move in prophetic justice to be able to begin to prophesy, you know, against these kingdoms and nations. That I'll get into that in the apostolic, okay? Because that, that talks about rooting out, pulling down, throwing down, building, plan. But stay in edification, exhortation, and comfort, all right? People need encouragement. They are, People already feeling bad. We don't need to make them feel no worse. This is why training is important. I love 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. It says, follow the way of love, all right, and desire spiritual gifts. And it said, especially to prophesy. Come on, somebody. It yeah. says, desire spiritual gifts, but to especially prophesy. God knows we need a prophetic word. I love. This is what I love about being married to my husband. Adrian, I prophesy every day, every day. I don't miss a day. I know that seems kind of different, but I do. I do that because this is why I do it. One, because God told me, the Lord gave me a word. He said, Lenise, one of my spiritual dads, Emery Carter, he said, Lenise, God has made you a speaking place of God, where you're going to be a place where you speak. And you know what happens now, Adrian, when I go places, I just went somewhere. One of my friends had a big birthday party. I just wanted to go relax, enjoy myself. And she looked at me, she said, Dr. Lenise, I need you to prophesy. And I was like, no, no, no. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. He yeah. said, what's wrong with you? Don't you tell that girl no. And so I ended up ministering prophetically, but I went with this man. Oh, I'm just going to relax and joy. And I mean, God will let you take come up for air. I'm not just, thus said the Lord all day long, but right. I love the prophesy. You know, another thing, a strategy for those of you who are prophetic people watching, let me share something with you. A lot of times the enemy tries to oppose the prophetic people and try to get us to be like Jeremiah, be all depressed and Jonah and all the other, all the other cats. Okay. And what happens is, is that the enemy tries to keep prophets down, but I have a strategy God showed me. All right. Because for as much as I'm encouraging people, the enemy trying to pose me on so many angles, Adrian. So I have to push through so much opposition, especially apostolically. That's a whole other topic we'll talk about. And what's happened, the Lord gave me a strategy. He said, Lenise, don't the scripture say it's better to give than to receive? I said, yeah. He said, give a prophecy. So I started when the tough seasons of my life, when I lost my mom, I just lost my mom in 2020. And then I met the Colliers right then and there. And they started training me in a prophetic. So I learned a strategy. I was going through a tough time. I was engaged in this guy. Things didn't work out. My heart was broke. You know, I was also um, lost my mom. Two months later, I lost my granny. So I feel like I lost two moms. I'm in a foreign city by myself. I didn't know nobody. This weird man was knocking on the window. I'm living by myself. I was like, what in the world? You know, I just was by myself, nothing going on. And all I know, the Lord showed me a strategy. He said, Lenise, prophesy your way out of this stress. Prophesy your way out of this grief. 
prophesied your way out of this discouragement. So that's one of the strategies I do. I prophesy a lot often because listen, not because I'm always stressed out. I'm always going through, which I do have challenges like all of us. Okay. But I've just, just became a part of my DNA. The prophetic is part of my DNA. It's who I am. I'm unapologetically prophetic. That's what my oh, you, you Listen, I was just going to say, I saw, I see prophetic on the shirt. And I was going to ask you, you go. I don't know if the ministry is called unapologetically prophetic or there's something you have going on with unapologetically prophetic. And I was just going to ask you to talk about yeah. why it's called unapologetically prophetic. What's that all about? Check this out. If you look at the scripture in Acts 15, 32, it says, and Judas and Silas, they prophesied and exhorted the brethren with many words. I saw that scripture and it just was like, boom. And then there's something you can have in church called a confirmation service. That means you could just go in and prophesy. All right. And I mean, there's so many things the scripture got in there. But when I saw that scripture, that Acts 15, 32, I said, wait a minute, this, these, these boys was bad, man. They went in and they prophesied and exhorted the brethren with many words. And I was like, you know what? It validated, it validated. Did I, this is what they did. This is who they were. They exhorted the brethren with many words. So that means they did it often. They did it, you know, as much as possible. So unapologetically prophetic is that I'm not apologizing for who I am. That's for those of you who are watching. It's like, this is who I am. This is what I do. A lot of times people know, if you bring me in your church, I always be like, they bring me in to prophesy, to teach, preach, prophesy, okay? And I'm, and if I can't prophesy, I don't take it. I don't take the appointment because I can't deny. Nobody's ever told me I can't prophesy, okay? Every place I go, they usually bring me in to prophesy, okay? So that's not the issue, okay? And I'm not saying that I would not go somewhere that God told me to go, but to be to tell me that I can't prophesy, this is who God made me to be. This is what the Bible talk, talks about, pro, pro, prophetic. Gee, this is a book of prophecy. Come on, somebody. Yes, you know what yes. I mean? To tell me I can't prophesy, man, I'm unapologetic. I'm not going to apologize. This is who I am. This is what I do. It's in my DNA. I prophesy everywhere I go. My husband prophesied. Even some nights, I mean, we have long days. We're so busy. And I'll say, oh my God, I ain't prophesy. I'll lean over. I'll say, baby, I heard the Lord say, boom, boom, boom. And then there's days, most of the time before my husband go to work, he's prophesied to me before he leave the house. Sometimes he'll, you know, call me with a prophecy. We just, we love the prophetic. We train in the prophetic. We prophesy. He married me because I'm prophetic. He loved that part about me. So, you know, that's wow. just who I am. Yes, ma'am. I hope that helps them. I, I, I'm loving the energy too, man. When I, when I say energy, I'm not talking about that weird stuff. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost energy. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and we're going to wind down for this first one. I am really looking forward to having you come back because I know, I know that there are people who are watching or listening and there's a hunger in them. The stuff that you're talking about, not everybody, I mean, we're fortunate, you know, I'm in a prophetic church. We believe in, yes. the, in the, the ministry, we believe in the gifts of yes. the spirit. And there are some people, there's that hunger in them. They've heard, or they've seen a little bit, but they, they need more of what you're talking about. And so you're going to come back and you're going to talk more about your call and talk more about the prophetic. And yes. we're going to talk about the apostolic, because I know yes. that people are hearing that apostle, uh, apostle Lenise, and we mentioned apostle uh, Darlene Turner and people are like, well, what, what's all that about? So we want to talk about, about that. It's so mm -hmm. important. But before you go, before you go, I, I hear you saying, and we're hearing you say, the Lord told me, or the Lord said, and how does the Lord speak to you because see i know the lord speaks to people in different ways 
right. you know, there's a certain right. way. It's, it's how you're wired, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm learning that myself. How does the Lord speak to Dr. Lanise? Well, this is, I'm so glad you asked. First of all, I want to say this. You know, I learned something about hearing from God. You know, the more I study the word, the more sharper I get prophetically, because when your spirit is trained, mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? When your spirit is trained, you can hear. So I keep my tongue connected to my spirit. So when I'm prophesying, I'm, I'm built up in the word of God. So I'm, I'm fine tuned. I didn't spend time with the Lord. I didn't pray. I didn't have my time of meditation. I didn't have my time where whatever technology of prayer, whether it's groaning, whether it's decreeing, whether it's writing, whether, whether it's resting, whether, you know, whatever, resting in God's presence. And, but the word of God. So the way I get sharper, the, what I learned, the more I stay sharp in the word, Adrian the sharper I get prophetically. So for me, the more word I have inside of me, that's this is how I train my spirit through the word of God. I'm training my, my Bible's all axed up, maxed up. I'm training myself so my spirit is trained. So when you prophesy, you can hear, you can see, you can sense, you can feel. There's all different technologies you can use. Sometimes I go, I heard the Lord. See, I get to choose which one I want to say because my spirit's trained. When I listen, so when I open up my mouth, the scripture says I open up my mouth, God feels it because I have a trained spirit. The Bible, listen, your spirit is so strong. It says even the spirit of a man will even sustain them in bodily sickness. When your spirit is strong, you can get through anything, Adrian. You understand that, okay? So a trained spirit Listen, keeping your ear, listen, your tongue connected to your to your your um to your spirit, it really helps me be able to say, you know. Adrian, I'm going to prophesy to you. I'm going to just choose which one I can use. You could prophesy out of the belly. All right. You could prophesy through similitudes or similitudes or things that you can see a symbol. The Holy Spirit will show you through in a vision. You could prophesy by vision. All right. I see, I hear, I sense, I feel out of my belly. The Bible says, so flow rivers of living waters. Let me prophesy to you, Adrian. I heard the Lord tell me to tell you, he said, my daughter, I'm pleased with you. The Lord said he's going to blow on this podcast, on this TV show. This, this podcast and this TV show is going to catch wind. And God says, I just like, I see in a vision like fire. And I see you just like, I don't know. I see you with this mic, but I see this fire behind you. God says, my daughter, I'm putting a new fire inside of you. And the Lord says, all the things you suffered, even some things you went through physically, God says, it's caused you to come to another dimension. The Lord says, he would not allow all your suffering to go through, that you went through. There wouldn't be no restitution. God says, I'm giving you restitution. And one of your ways of restitution is this TV show. God says, I'm going to blow on this. Adrian, this is going to catch wind with some other people in different states. God says, New York, he said, you just need to, I don't know, you need to go home sometime and set up some things in New York as well. I see mm. God really blowing on your on you in your own region. God wants to vindicate you and take you. Listen, I'm not saying you moving back home, but I'm saying I see you setting up a TV show. God wants to make you like a hub where you'll have the TV show right there in Missouri. You'll have it in New York. Oh God, I heard Atlanta. God says, get ready for Atlanta. And God says, get ready for Florida. God says, I put an anointing inside of you. And God says, I'm going to use this television show and I'm gonna begin to cause it to blow and it's gonna catch wind of some people of promise people that will keep their word and people that can take your television show to a next dimension for the Lord told me to tell you he said oh God this is something else Adrian God says <laughs> he said yeah this has been easy to do right here on this on this television show virtually but God says he gonna make it where you in person too I don't know how God's gonna do this but you're gonna get some calls in and God is going to begin to use your voice 
and because you're so dynamic. And even in the area of justice, that anointing of the justice justice woman is on you. God says, you're like a Deborah. <laughs> you have an anointing and you hate injustice. And God says, daughter, I'm gonna use you like I use Deborah. You're gonna help a whole people this with this in, in captivity. You're gonna bring them out because God says, you're gonna train them and teach them how to see yourself. God says, I'm gonna use you how to teach people how to see yourself properly. So God says, my daughter, get ready. And Adrian, this is real unique. God takes me into your lineage. And he shows me some things with your name on it. And don't necessarily have your first, like you're, like you're not first tier, but there's some things that's promised to you. There's something with this really supposed to, you're supposed to inherit this already yours. God says, search this out. There's something with your name that's going to be owed to you. That is the word of the Lord to you. I hope it blesses you, Adrian. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. Yes, it does bless me. It Ooh. bless me. And you know what? I received a word from a prophet named Andy Williams hmm. and he specifically said, you're a hub. Come on. So when you spoke that word and he, and it was, and he talked about that, he talked about that. Um, he said, I, when you walk through the door and he wasn't there to preach, but he had come before ministered a little bit uh, um, with, I think he came with um, oh, Apostle Tony, is it Kemp? Apostle Tony Kemp, I believe. And I believe that they kind of, uh, we did a, little co a conference at church and they kind of let him let him go for a while, let him get out there, but he came back. And anyway, he, he pastor had him come up and just greet the church. But wow. he began to share words to people and he shared the, that word to me. He said, when you walk through the door, he said, I see like a roundabout. Wow. I see a roundabout. And he said, and there are three, he talked about, he said, you're, you're the roundabout. He said, you're, you're a hub. Wow. You know, he talked about that. He said, you're like a, he said, you're, you're a hub of information even. And he said, I see three roads, you know, coming in now the hub. And he said, and all of a sudden there's a fourth road that comes. And he would, he, you know, he went on, uh, on about that too, a, a lot in, in line with what you just, what wow. you just ministered to me. And I, I can't tell you, yes, it does bless me. And I really need that. I need that word. I'm going through some stuff. And, um, that's just a, yeah. So I, I see why we need the prophetic, y'all. Come on, somebody. Edification, <laughs> exhortation, and comfort. I just had to interrupt and step in because wasn't that amazing? Dr. Lanise had no idea what Prophet Andy Williams spoke over my life just a few months ago. And you know what else? My good friend, Kia Cordo, about two or three weeks ago, she spoke a word over my life that is so in line in so many ways with what Dr. Lanise just prophesied. Now, when I invited Dr. Lanise on, I had no idea that she was going to give a word to me, but I am so glad she did. God is just off the hook. Let's go back in and hear what else Dr. Lanise has to say. Wow. And that you love to do that. You love to do that. And I've been, I catch you sometimes on Facebook and you just ministering on Facebook live. And then you begin to share these words, wow. you know, and you can tell that there's a joy in you to do this. It's not drudgery. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You know? No, no, no. Listen, I think what would be drudgery for me is if I wasn't prophesying. It would do, it would mess me up. Like that, like I told you that event I went to, the Lord dealt with me. He said, daughter, he said, just imagine how you would feel if you left there and you didn't prophesy. I, it's almost like an act of disobedience for me when I don't do it. Now, I'm not going to people's places just always. I use wisdom and I know how to navigate. Let me tell you something. When I worked in higher education, I was prophesying my students. They never even knew. I didn't go in, thus said the Lord of yes. God. I, yes. I would say, hey, honey, 
you know what? Have you thought about going to law school? They'd be like, Doc, how you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I just sense it on you, you know? So I never had to say Jesus' name, not that I would deny him because they knew right. like, they knew I was a believer just because of the way I carried myself. But we people don't have the training in it and they mess, it, they just make the prophetic look so spooky and so weird. Guys, the prophetic is off the chain, okay? Amen. Jesus is the greatest prophet. Come on, somebody. So yes, it's, yes. This is good stuff. Listen, this is so good. And it's just the beginning because she's coming back. <laughs> uh, she's coming back. And we're going to, she and I have talked about what we're going to do on the next level of this conversation. I'm going to let you tell those who are watching and listening why they need to make sure that they tune in next time. Well, first of all, guys, I want to say this. Listen, why wouldn't you come tune in for Adrian Ross? She offers <laughs> number one, okay? And by uh, the way, Pastor Zach, hey, I love your pastor. Hey, first lady, love y'all. But listen, let me tell you something. Guys, I want to really want you to come back. Let me talk to you why, all right? I want to talk to you about the apostolic, all right? I'm going to really break it down because some of you don't even realize you apostolic. Let me just share this real quick. Check this out. When you look at the apostle Paul, all right? When you look at him, let's think about him. What was he doing? He was persecuting Christians, Adrian. All right, he was persecuting Christians. And guess what happened? He gets on the road to Damascus. Then he have an experience with the Lord. All right. And then he gets blind, can't see. And next thing you know, the angel came and began to minister to him. And so he got saved, guys. But check this out. Paul, he went from persecuting Christians. Come on, somebody. Then he went to getting saved. Glory to God. And then he went to through in Jerusalem. He hung out with the people of Jerusalem. He went in and out of Jerusalem. If you study around Acts chapter 9, you You'll see that he went in and out of those places and he hung out with teachers and he hung out with the prophetic people. And the next thing you know, when you study that scripture out in chapter in Acts chapter 9, 10, keep going, he became a prophet. Come on, somebody. He stood in the office of the prophet. But check this out. If you go look at his life, listen, remember, don't forget, he went from persecuting Christians, getting saved, <clears throat> hanging out with the people of Jerusalem. Now he stepped into a prophetic dimension, but then he started hanging out with the apostle Barnabas. Come on, somebody. So he went from, listen, a persecutor to a Christian. Come on, somebody. To a teacher, to a prophet. And he hung out with Barnabas, who was already an apostle. He did what the Hebrew word meshach means. That means to rub on. He rubbed on Barnabas. And guess what, God? He became an apostle. And that boy was so bad. Not only was he an apostle, but if you study out his life, he then moved into the chief, the office of the chief apostle. That means a chief apostle is a person of apostles, fathers. He's a father of the apostles. Listen, they cover other apostles. He became became an apostle to Titus. He became an apostle to young Timothy. If you study out through the Bible, he was always greeting at the beginning of the chapter. He said, I greet you in the name of Jesus, young Timothy and Titus. He was greeting guys. So what am I, you saying? Apostle Dr. Lanise Reynolds, I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. Many of you don't see who you are right now. But you're going to grow. Come on, somebody. You grow yeah. by desire, by hanging out with other yeah. people. He grew. He grew. He hung out around the right people. Come on. He was shot on them. And he yeah. began to go into his car. He was a persecutor. Some of you watching, you a persecutor. But God loves you. And you're going to encounter with the Lord. Come on. I decree and declare. You're going to experience what the Lord did on tonight. This grace that you're watching me on tonight. I decree and declare. You're going to have a dream. You're going to have a vision. You're going to begin to see yourself in a different dimension. Listen, he had that encounter and Adrian after he had that encounter come on somebody he began to listen to hang out guess what who you hanging around who you hanging around yeah. with your next dimension he had the wisdom of the Lord because then he had once he got saved he began to look to see some of y'all need to get saved on the night so you can see come on somebody yes yes then yes, he became yes. a prophet wow he a teacher and yes. then he became an apostle 
And then he became a father of Titus, of Timothy, and Chloe, the female apostle. We're going to talk about that next week as well. So oh, watch come back because I want to talk. I want to show you you. Some of you don't even see you. You apostolic and don't even know it. You prophetic and don't even know it. I want to introduce you to you on next week. I want to teach you some truths about the, the small pieces about the prophetic, but more about the apostolic and females. I ain't forget about you. I'm going to talk about female apostles. Come on back. Come on. We're going to get into this next next time. Yeah, this is, guys, uh, this has been so fun. I've had a ball. <laughs> so, so good look i know you want to come back i know you want to come back. and listen we're gonna have to end here because we might blow up <laughs> i had to get my fake hanky <laughs> not the hanky adrian oh my goodness i thank you so much this has been so fun you and i are very similar you know, just a lot of things we do, but we're very similar in nature. And I love being around people I could talk shorthand with. Right. Yes, yes. I ain't got to explain myself. I ain't got to just try to prove who I am. I could just be. And so yes. thank you for letting me just be you off the chain. Y'all need to come back because Adrian is the real deal. This ain't my show. This is the Adrian Ross show. Come on. Listen, listen. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to just be yourself because <laughs> It's, it really is, in all seriousness, what a blessing and what a deposit. I know you've deposited into me wow. throughout this whole time together, and I know I'm not the only one. Wow. I know I'm not the, I'm the only one. So those of you who are watching, listen, I need you to like this. I need you to, to hit like, to click like, but I also need you to share it. I need you to share it with other people. And I want you to make sure that you're back next time and that to make sure other people tune in then also, you know, you want to. <laughs> now, Dr. Lanish, you have something really exciting coming up in May and I cannot let you leave without you telling us exactly what that is. Go for it. Listen, guys, I'm having everything prophetic. I'm having my unapologetically prophetic conference right here in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, guys. You can go to unapologeticallyprophetic.net unapologeticallyprophetic.net net all right and you can register check this out guys it's only 49 dollars all right for the breakout sessions and let me just share a couple a few people that's going to be there all right we're going to open up with my apostle chief apostle joseph prude that friday night may 26th through the 28th then we're going to after that we're going to have millennials we're going to let the millennial prophets get loose dance party just just have a good time i've trained a lot of millennial prophets and they can flow some of them jokers they can go pass me up i love it all right so the millennial prophets are going to be just praising the praising worship good time they're going to be prophetically releasing um words and we're have a good time then that saturday from 8 to 12 we're having everything prophetic okay breakout sessions or prophetic children okay um prophetic intercession prophetic dance prophetic flagging the prophetic man prophetic marriages prophetic writings the prophetic scribe it's going to be like 20 different breakout sessions that people will be able to go to and rotate we'll have master class and auntie dar is going to be there too adrian she'll be training and teaching as well so we have a ton of speakers that's going to be there Throughout that day, Prophet Rodrigo Luna, we're going to have Apostle David Short, Apostle Darlin Turner, Emory and Leslie Collier, who trained me, Apostles, Emory and Leslie Collier, who's trained me, oh my goodness, Adrian Earls is going to be there, One of, two of my spiritual siblings, um, Apostle-elect Will Foy and Apostle Rachel Gross, it's just going to be so, so, so phenomenal, and then check this out, guys, 
after we come back after lunch, okay, we're going to um, have one of my favorite girls, Apostle Sandy Norman. She's like Apollo's class prophet. Apollo's class prophet is a prophet that can prophesy with many words. So this girl can get the mic and just go. She's going to be opening up just to get us energized. You know how we do after we eat, y'all, all right? So we want to come back and get us going. Then Apostle Darlene Turner, she can teach. Adrian, you're talking about somebody can teach. She's off the chain. She'll be teaching. Then we'll close our session out at four o'clock. We'll come back at seven o'clock with the one and only Apostle John X. He's going to be here as well, teaching and training. We're going to have a good time. And then after that, guys, I'll be 50 years old, guys. This is a 50-year yes. birthday conference. So we're going to have a little small little gathering for myself afterwards, a time of socialization, time of fun. And then from there, that Sunday, we're going to go to or my, my local church um, at 16100, 16100 East Euclid Avenue. Excuse me, East, I'm sorry, East Cleveland, Euclid Avenue. So 16100 Euclid Avenue in yes. East Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to have a good time. That's New Hope Fellowship Church. And then from there at 1230, we're going to have Ambassador Sophia Ruffin Wilson. She'll be there bringing wow. it. The new husband will be there as well. So we're going to have a good time. Then we coming back that night. All right, at 630, guys, we'll take a break. Nice little break. Give people a chance to eat, go rest, come back at 630. We're going to have uh, the Word of Knowledge Prophet, Prophet Francis Agamon. He's from Ghana, Africa. This guy, like I said, he I, I never saw somebody prophesy somebody's VIN number. I was like, what dude, wow, what in the on. world? And so he's yeah. just so sharp. So we got the top in my in my world, because I know there's other prophecies off the chain can flow, but in my world of the prophetic, we got the top prophetic people, in my opinion, that's going to be here. So come on, guys, go register. It's only $49 for the breakout sessions. The evening sessions are free. The set that's Friday night, 7 p.m. Um, Saturday, um, uh, 7 p.m. And then Sunday, both services are free. Of course, we're just going to be taking offerings, okay? But the but the breakout session where the meat of the teaching is only $49. All right, guys. So listen, come on. Come hang out with your girl. All right, Adrian. Y'all know y'all want more. Y'all know y'all want more. <laughs> so this is unapologeticallyprophetic.net. And they can get all that information at unapologeticallyprophetic.net. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Mm. Now, I know you enjoyed this episode with Dr. Lanice Reynolds. And you know what? The good news is we're not done. That was just part one. She's coming back and we're going to get deeper. You heard her say why you need to tune in the next time she's on the Adrian Ross show. She says some of you are prophetic and don't know it. Some of you are apostolic and don't know it. So we're going to let her talk about that and her ministry in particular as it pertains to that and so much more. Now, listen, she's not going to be on next week. All right, but she's going to be on May 2nd. So Tuesday, May 2nd, look for part two with Dr. Lanice. Don't miss next, next week because that's going to be good too. All right, but you know it's going to be on May 2nd. So make sure you tune in and make sure you tell somebody else so that they don't miss the Adrian Ross show. And don't forget to go to thebmgnetwork.com. That's where we have other podcasters who are engaging, enlightening, informative, and yes, we're also entertaining. So check out thebmgnetwork.com. Also, please go to adrianross.substack.com. My column is there. The podcast is there. It's a really, really cool place. And you can subscribe to 
adrianross.substack.com. There are various subscription options. I'm asking you to consider becoming a paid subscriber. There's an annual subscription. There's a monthly subscription. There's even a gold membership subscription. And I would absolutely love your support. It will help me continue to do the important work I am doing. All right. So adrianross.substack.com. All right. Remember, we're over on YouTube also. Maybe you're looking at me on YouTube, right? But in case you're not and you didn't know, it's The Adrian Ross Show over on YouTube and you can follow that. You can like uh, particular videos. You can make comments, all right? But you definitely want to subscribe. You want to follow so that you're notified when I'm on there, all right? So we're on, on YouTube and of course on the major podcast platform. So you can listen and you can watch. We got so much going on and I appreciate your support, all right? So we'll catch you next time on The Adrian Ross Show. God bless you abundantly.